Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Club Soda podcast. I'm Drew Yeager. Club Soda is all about helping you live well by being more mindful about drinking. So if you want to choose better alcohol-free drinks, make connections or discover how to change, this podcast is for you. And if you want even more good stuff, come and find us at joinclubsoda.com. Hello and welcome to the Club Soda podcast. This is Drew Yeager. Club Soda is all about helping you live well by being more mindful about drinking. So whether you're looking to choose better low and low alcohol drinks, or you want to change your drinking by cutting down, taking a break or quitting, or you're after the connections that will help you grow, we're here for it. And you can find more about us at joinclubsoda.com. I know for myself, when I started changing my drinking, one of of the biggest and easiest things that I did early on was to decide that basically all my beer drinking was going to be alcohol free. And you know, whether you are interested in mainstream lagers or crunchy little craft beers, there is a massive range of variety available from mainstream brewers to small independents um, and across really every type and category of beer available. There's something available alcohol free and they are definitely worth trying out. A little while ago, my co-founder Laura went to the Low and No show and she spoke to all sorts of alcohol-free beer producers about their fantastic beer and what's available on the market. So this podcast is a compilation of all of those conversations, lots of chat about alcohol-free beer, why it's brilliant, how it's made, and plenty of brands for you to enjoy, which you're going to find in the show notes and in the social posts accompanying this podcast. Um, so enjoy. What's the point of an alcohol-free beer, particularly for somebody who's in their 30s? What's the point? You're meant to be living it large, loving life. You know, surely it's all about the little kick that beer gives you. Uh, that's what I used to think in my 20s. But as the older that I got, the hangovers just would last, you know, so much longer. They'd last for days. And I was, I'd work all week. And then at the weekends, I'd be hungover. And then I'd go back to work. And it, I wasn't living life. And um, as soon as I stopped drinking, I you know, I was doing so much more. I was living life at the weekends. And I was getting on well with family. And I was going out and doing more things. And it was just, you know, it, I think the way our society was set up was, it was work hard, play hard. But then it's like, you don't live. The point of an alcohol-free beer is, in, in, my, in my personal view, is that Increasingly, consumers are looking at enjoying alcohol, but sometimes they can't enjoy alcohol. And it's the idea I've got of flex drinking, where they can do both. So reducing their alcohol intake without actually abstaining. It tastes as good as any beer, so um, it gives you all that flavour. Um, it's low low in sugar. Um, and actually, there's some really good research that shows that there's... If you're used to drinking a beer and relaxing, if you have a non-alcoholic beer, it'll have the same effect on you. So you can kick back and relax, have a beer, um, and just really enjoy yourself rather than just having a glass of water. Because on paper, it's the best proposition in the world. But five years ago, when I started thinking about it, there just there wasn't anything that would bring me into the category. So it was kind of on paper I loved it but there wasn't a beer that was that could tempt me to drink the category and there wasn't a brand that kind of empowered me to do that or made me feel proud to order it so I thought how hard can it be to brew a good alcohol free beer and how hard can it be to build a brand that will make people feel positive about doing that 
I hold a quite different perspective. I mean, I personally really love the non-alcoholic because I think what you're looking for as an adult is something which is designed for an adult palate. I always say if my child's going to drink it, it's not something that I want to drink. And that's my sort of way of distinguishing it. And what you want is the ritual of having something adult in a glass with a meal. And that doesn't have to include alcohol. And that's the role of non-alcoholic drinks is to provide that adult complexity that we get used to. Because when we're children, our palates are very simple. It's got to be sweet, you know, and it's, it's sort of um, not complicated stuff. Whereas as we get adult and our taste preferences expand, we want more complex and interesting things to taste and drink. And so people tend to go to alcohol for a lot of that, whereas you can actually get that at this, at this whole um, stand and low no show here. I mean, the range of non-alcoholic drinks is incredible. So you, you clearly went through a journey to get this beer to, to, into people's hands. Tell us how you make it. So we brew using the four ingredients you're supposed to find in a good lager. No, nothing else. There's no flavorings. There's no additives. It's just water, uh, Pilsner malt, Halatau hops, single-use yeast. So brewed very traditionally in accordance with German purity law. Um, it's fermented for two weeks, conditioned for four weeks. So very long six-week brew process like, you know, the, like the good classic Pilsners. And then we use a process called vacuum distillation to remove the alcohol uh, just before bottling. And that reduces the alcohol content uh, in a, a very, very low pressure environment, which means that you can evaporate the alcohol off um, at a much lower temperature. There are lots of different ways of doing it, some which rely on industrial processes um, where you brew an alcoholic beer and then you remove the alcohol, whether that's from gently heating the beer or pushing it through a membrane, um, or the way that we brew it, um, which is to be naturally low in alcohol. So we brew pretty much as you would a normal beer, um, but just manage every aspect of it to minimise alcohol production, but enabling a small amount of fermentation to happen that creates the flavour magic. Okay, there's many ways. And well, over four years, Laura, we looked at different ways of doing it. The way we decided to do it in the end was we used a method called cool, cool vacuum distillation, which is we call it top down, where we start with a 5% beer, lager, cider, uh, and then dealkalize it through a cool vacuum distillation process. The idea is not to overcook the great flavors of a great beer or cider. Uh, in your neck of the woods you have great ciders in the southwest the idea is not to overcook it but actually take the alcohol out whilst retaining the flavors um, we happen to be able to go down to uh, uh, alcohol free or 0.05 but there are many ways of doing it that's the way we do it so how do you make alcohol free beer danielle and i know that your beer is slightly different to other people's in how you make it so it'd be really interesting to find out a bit more about your beer so, I mean, there's loads of different ways of making non-alcoholic beer. You can sort of, I suppose, assemble the non-alcoholic beer through getting a whole lot of flavors to try and make the beer taste the same. Or you can brew it and remove the alcohol and, and then add back some flavors to give it. Or you can brew it as a non-alcoholic beer. And I think all of those we've got um, present at the show today. What we do slightly differently with binary is really just the yeast that we use. So it's a brewed non-alc using a wine yeast. So that gives it a slightly different flavor profile. And then we use the hop leaves to give it the body and astringency, but without the bitterness of a normal beer. And why do you use, because um, you use the hop leaves, that's very unusual, people don't do that. Why, why are you doing that? Because I think actually that beer is quite a 
great non-alcoholic beverage. And I mean, even in you, when you were speaking yesterday, saying how people who are never alcoholic beer drinkers are switching to non-alcoholic beer, because I think it's the best uh, category of non-alcoholic beverages available. But if you don't like something bitter, then your options are less limited, so unless you've acquired that taste palette for bitterness. And what the leaves do is give a completely different flavor profile to the beer, but still giving you that complexity. And because it's a waste product, it's also a lot more sustainable. So my particular passion is sort of sustainability and biodiversity. So it's kind of a win-win, creating something delicious, but it's also sustainable. And um, what does Function do? That, that sounds weird. It doesn't tell me anything. Come on, Zoe. <laughs> so we are the first brewer to be brewing a craft beer with functional mushrooms. So functional mushrooms are like the superfood of the mushroom world. They contain interesting bioactive compounds that kind of give you benefits that go past just having a low or no ABV in your beer. And uh, what does functional really mean? If you're having something in a drink and you're having something like your lion's mane or whatever in on your ratio in your in your beer, what what does that mean? It does for you other than than just being an ingredient in your beer. Does it will it will it make me fly? Potentially, it might make you fly. But what it normally does is functional foods and drinks are ingredients that kind of have more interesting bioavailable compounds that go past just a normal nutritional value. So we've known that functional mushrooms and medicinal mushrooms have been used used in traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine for thousands of years. Scientists are now identifying what compounds they have in them that help them. So they're really high in things called better D-glucans. They're really supportive to immunity. They contain extra compounds that can help with everything from cognitive health, like in lion's mane, or antioxidants and anti-inflammatories and things like reishi. So they're going and giving additional health benefits just to the normal nutritional values. So this is an alcohol-free beer that has also got some other things in it that will make me healthy. Definitely, definitely. Uh, does it taste a mushroom? No, it doesn't taste like mushroom, and no, it won't get you high. Those are the two things that people always say when they say you've got mushrooms in a beer. No, these mushrooms have a really interesting flavour profile, so they're earthy, nutty, bitter, sweet, really similar to hops, which is why they've worked really well in a beer. I'm James Grundy, the co-founder at Small Beer Bruco. So Small Beer is uh, one of the beers we're talking to. It's actually a low-alcohol beer. Do you want to tell us uh, what strength your beers are? Absolutely, Laura. We specialise in classic beer styles below 2.8%. Small Beer is very much a historic category. It found its fame initially in the 16th, 17th and 1800s when it was drunk as the alternative to water. By everyone, in fact. School children, right through to high society. You drink the Small Beer for, for nutrition but also for hydration. Uh, hence the upper limit being set at 2.8%. It was said that that was the, um, that was the magic figure that uh, the water alcohol content allowed the body to uh, rehydrate quicker than it dehydrated. Once alcohol passes that, it becomes diuretic and you start to dehydrate quicker and you hydrate. So we specialize at small beer in classic beer styles below 2.8% and have in fact reworked the brewing process uh, to do just that as in to focus on flavor maximization over the historic alcohol creation. So basically you're telling me that all the beers that you make taste better than any of the small beers in the past because you've, you've really, really perfected it. Is that what you're saying? We certainly hope so. I don't doubt there were a number of good small beers knocking around in the 1600s, 1700s. But interestingly, small beer at that stage was always made as a second running. It's a bit like using a tea bag twice. So you'd make your big beer from the first run of uh, water through your grain you'd extract as much sugar as you could and then what was left was used to make your small beer so they'd run water through the grain again they'd extract less sugar and that was converted into the small beer 
also meant you were extracting less flavor from the malt, um, which in part gave less flavor to, to the beer itself. We don't do that. It's not, used, it's, it's not produced as a second run. It is a, a single run and very much brewed to strength. Um, but the kit has been designed to make sure we get maximum extraction from our, from our barley and indeed our hops at every stage of the brewing process. So your beer's coming in at a lower ABV, but does anyone care? Don't they just either want to drink to get completely pissed or do they want an alcohol-free beer so that they don't get pissed? Where, where, do, you, where do you fit in and how do we tell the world that it's, it's worth trying? Yeah, we're that interesting middle ground, aren't we? In my mind, we are, we're neither extreme. Uh, and in many respects, we're, we're, we're rescuing from either extreme. I think we see those extremes in day-to-day life now more than anything, and certainly the political landscape. But we're not non-alcoholic, um, as you say. We're not 5% and upwards, which is one of the reasons that we started Small Beers. We found that once we were having a couple of 5%ers, or indeed what we saw in the American inspired craft movement the six seven eight nine percenters was although the flavor profile was great the hangovers were equally spectacular but so often there was an occasion where you wanted a little something you wanted to maintain what i can maybe only describe as a, as a two pint buzz throughout the evening um and maybe you were having beers throughout the evening but you wanted to stay on that even keel uh, and not know about it the following morning that afternoon if you were going back to work after, after lunch whatever that may be and that's where we very much sit we believe that little bit of alcohol that goes in there not only provides that that beautiful uh, sensation um, it delivers uh, additional body and weight to the beer um, but I think what we're seeing like the food space is always such a good example yes there's a big vegan movement and, and, and that that is, is undoubtedly gaining momentum but seemingly the even largest movement is this idea of flexitarian where you're not not exclusively vegan but you are eating red meat less uh, and subbing out with vegetarian meals and I think we're seeing that in, in the alcohol space for sure people aren't saying I want to go completely cold turkey but they are moderating and they're saying actually you know, two, three nights a week, I want to be drinking, I want to be keeping an eye on my units, I want to be keeping an eye on my calorie count, I want to be keeping an eye on my sugar intake. Um, and that's very much where Small Beer comes in. It was interesting, I had a customer, no one I knew, um, who called up the other day and he said, I, I, Small Beer's a staple for me at home. I just love knowing that it's in the fridge. And, and I think those small luxuries have become more and more important for people, particularly through lockdown. But even as we're coming out of it, uh, that balance of health and well-being, uh, work and, and enjoyment after juggling family life, but still being able to have a couple of beers at the end of the day, is, is where we've very much found a, a, a wonderful space. And, and it seems to have been welcomed with open arms. And certainly dropping your ABV is a really good tactic for cutting the amount you drink. And so if that's working for you in terms of moderation strategy, that's perfect. And then that's where small beer can fill that gap. I think it absolutely is. I think we're definitely seeing people becoming far more mindful of the number of units that that they are consuming. Um, And interestingly, I think there's a lot of talk around Gen Z, um, drinking less, purchasing less. Actually, what we're finding is that that it is, yes, in part, but it's a, it's a professional parents generation. It's a, it's a 50 and 60 plus generation who are saying, 
actually, this is right for me because I do enjoy a glass of wine. Uh, or I historically have enjoyed a glass of wine at the end of the day. I don't want to not have a sundowner, but for any number of reasons, I am just looking to cut that back a little bit. And there's an element of disposable income there that um, people are saying, this is, this is perfect for me and for my lifestyle. Thanks, James. And where can we find Small Beer? Well, you can find us certainly online, theoriginalsmallbeer.com. You'll find us in Waitrose. You'll find us on a Cardo. And, and if you've got a majestic wine local to you, then you'll find us in there as well. But um, we always like to see people coming through to the website. So that's theoriginalsmallbeer.com. And so your beer is only 23 calories. So when um, so I found a master brewer to help me create the recipe. And my spec when we first met was to, was to create a healthy alcohol-free beer. So that was sort of our USP that we wanted to focus on. Um, because alcohol-free beer's got um, vitamins in if it's brewed in certain ways. So um, that was my spec to him. I left him up to the sort of brewing side of things and yeah we, we use really good quality ingredients we don't use bucket loads of ingredients so you know the beer might be a little lighter than others but it's it's you know that's what gives us such a low calorie count so um, unlimited lager has got 23 calories in a bottle and our ipa we we wanted to beat it um so unlimited ipa has got 13 calories per bottle so we were we were pretty amazed when we got the nutritional information back I think you might well have um, won, won the race to the lowest cal. So well done on that. Um, so what's next for you? Because you launched during lockdown. So that's a pretty unique position to be in. What, what do you hope for next? Yeah, so we, we launched in the middle of lockdown. So we, we just focused online and we had to. That's all we could really go to. So it, in a way, it was good. It seems like we, you know, we, we feel like we've cracked that market, you know, not completely, but it's, it's, been, it's gone well for us. But now the bars are reopened. Our on-trade and off-trade sales have gone crazy in the last month. So um, our focus now is to get more wholesaler listings and be in more pubs, bars and restaurants, also in gyms and, and health clubs. So. And then finally, where can people find you? Uh, on our website, uh, unltd.beer, so unlimited.beer. Uh, we're on Amazon. Um, we're on most of the online retailers for alcohol free beer. And, um, and we're in pub groups across London as well. Front, uh, Drake and Morgan bars, Frontier pubs. Beer is naturally isotonic, which means that it has the sort of sugars and salts that hydrate your body quicker than other drinks. Um, but beer nor has alcohol in it, which is a problem. If you take the alcohol out the equation, then you're left with uh, a drink that is quite rich in beer, B vitamins. Um, it's low in sugar. Um, a lot of alcohol-free beers are quite low in carbohydrates as well. Um, and uh, tastes delicious too. So um, it's really actually, compared to a lot of sodas, a much healthier option. Fantastic. And what's next for you in terms of developing your, your beer and your brand? And what, what, what do you hope will happen over the next 12 months? Um, well, we've got our new beer launching in a couple of weeks' time. Um, we've just had Pete Sharp join us as head brewer, so um, we're going to be doing a lot more with our beers, looking at new varieties, different varieties, um, and uh, getting our beer cans into more people's hands. Fantastic. And where can people find you? Um, you can buy direct from our website, um, jumpship.beer. Um, we're also available on specialist alcohol-free retailers like Wise Bartender. Um, and we're increasingly popping up in independent bottle shops and craft beer bars and pubs around the country. Alcohol-free beer, is it healthy? So amazingly, I never really, when we were developing, I never, 
I never gave sort of a huge amount of thought to what was going to be the, like how healthy it was going to be. And I remember putting, we sent the product off to be tested and I couldn't believe it when the results came back because it's got no, we have zero sugar. Um, it's 50 calories per bottle. Uh, it's made from four natural ingredients. So it's healthier than fruit juice. So I'd say, yeah, it's pretty healthy. Danielle, and I know that your beer is slightly different to other people's. You talk about being a wine lover's beer. And obviously, we talk about the evidences that people who go from drinking wine when they switch alcohol-free go to alcohol-free beer instead. And I never thought in a million years I'd be a beer drinker, but I I am now and I love it. And it's it's a new, exciting world for me. So how, how do people who may never have drunk beer before find a beer that they like? And why would yours be the one for people who drank wine? And then that's a really good question. So I think we've got a huge hurdle on sampling. So Because what we find is that wine drinkers who are looking for a low and no option love our product, but it's not their first port of call. They would rather first try all the other non-alcoholic beverages that are out there, even soft drinks. So we do a lot of sampling. So once people sample it and they try it, then they tend to drink it. But they first have to, we have to say, trust us, this is a beer you will like. <laughs> you have to taste it and then you'll like it. I went to a Michelin-style restaurant and had Binary Botanical there and I shared a bottle with a friend and it was lovely and it went beautifully with the food. So, um, you know, we shouldn't underestimate it. We're taught that wine is the only thing that goes with food and that's not the case at all. I mean, that's also one of the things I'm quite passionate about is I think beer and food pairing, I personally believe, is quite tricky, especially on the lighter sides of foods because beer in itself is quite a the wrong word but a hearty beverage it's it's a to enjoy on its own it's a thing so trying to come up with real food pairing options is also something i think is a a good thing something lighter more uh slightly more tangy to, to go well with food almost like a palate cleanser in a way and where can people find binary botanical so you can find us on Acado, and the non-alcoholic is going to be launching on Acado in the next two months, which is really nice. Uh, Phoenix, Harvey Nichols, specialty drinks, all the alcohol-free kind of online shops like Alcohol Free Shop, Wise Bartender, our own website, and the dreaded Amazon. And if people have not drunk beer before, because some of our research shows that people, when they switch to alcohol-free, reduce the range of drinks that they drink, and, and wine drinkers... Uh, are now drinking alcohol-free beer and so on. So how, for people who've never drunk beer before, how, what, where, should, where should they dip their toe in first? I think the, there, are, there, there, are, there, are, there are a range of drinks to, for them to try and I think it's for them just to just, just to try one of each. Just find what their, what their particular um, uh, likes are. Everybody's different, whether it's a beer, whether it's a cider or a lager. And everybody's different, and they should try just, just try them. I think that experimentation is really important. And I noticed you also have a Radler. Now, that's a, a posh European word, foreign word. for It's a bit of a shandy, basically, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, it, it's a shandy. And it, 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 uh, and, uh, but, it's, again, we start with a real beer base at 5%, and then we make it into a shandy because there are, and we found there are people who want a shandy. But, but they want a shandy that's got a, a, an equivalent alcohol beer taste to it. Where can people find Smashed? Uh, well, we hope we're going to find it in more pubs when they open up. So oh, I'm absolutely delighted that you're here today to see you again after 15 months away. I'm delighted that the uh, no-low shows happen because it's very courageous of Simon and the team to open up. So when the pubs open up, you'll find us in more pubs. Until then, we're in a few supermarkets which we don't talk about. And then 
we can also buy it on your website. Uh, sorry, you've, you've helped me commercially there. You can buy it on Drink Store website. And obviously, our great friends at Wise Bartender, Thomas, is doing a great job and he's available there too. is brought to you by club soda you can find out more about what we do on joinclubsoda.com and on our social handles at joinclubsoda